The beginning of the Father's will is precisely to turn away from all sin, to leave that all behind to follow Him. And this is all for our own good. When the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, it's because what you earn when you let sin run your life is in fact death. That's the reward for living a sinful lifestyle. We must leave sin behind. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today we'll be talking about faith in the eternal. Many things are mistakenly believed to be faith in Christ these days. True faith in Christ does not involve most of the things that many people say it does. Faith in Christ has nothing to do with the things of the world or our carnal and sinful desires. True faith in the Lord is essential if you want to attain eternal life through Jesus Christ. It involves much more than a person just saying that they believe in God. Faith is the key to all eternal things through the Lord Jesus Christ, but it must be something that pleases God the Father in heaven. Today's message is inspired on Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 to 29. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, hallowed and glorified be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Blessed Lord, I pray, Heavenly Father, for your forgiveness, for your mercy, for your Son, Jesus Christ, O Lord God, that he may continue to work in our lives through your Holy Spirit. I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, for your guidance. I pray, Heavenly Father, that we may be sensitive to your will, to your ways. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O God, that you may help us to increase our faith, to be able to set our eyes on you and on the things that truly matter. Help us, O Lord, to understand, Lord God, that everything that is around us, and even including ourselves, our flesh, is temporary. But you are the only one that remains forever. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We'll be reading today from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 to 29. This is the word of the Lord. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has no foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they came out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. 
by faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians, attempting to do so, were drowned. All these people had faith in common. They were driven by their faith in the Lord and not by what they were experiencing at the moment. They were all looking forward to the future, pressing towards a certain goal, something that surpassed the here and now, their present situation. It is important to understand what faith is not because it is mistaken for a number of things that don't agree with the biblical definition of faith. For instance, faith has nothing to do with positive thinking. Positive thinking does not involve a goal. Positive thinking is about trying to see present circumstances in a positive view, like a brainwashing of sorts. Faith does not ignore the circumstances. When you exercise faith, you do understand what you are up against in the present. You are not ignoring things. Another thing that faith is not is that it is not a tool to get what you want. There are many that try to use faith in this manner or think that that is what faith is about. It may seem to work for some people in that manner, but that is something else. True faith has nothing to do with manipulation or selfish ambition, which clearly does not involve the things of God. So what is true faith? True and biblical faith is about living your life with God and His kingdom as a goal. It's about living your life with God as the foundation of your life and that you are pressing towards Him and to what He has in store for you because you believe in Him and you believe in Him to the point that He is greater and mightier and more worthy to pursue than anything else this world has to offer. Faith is about moving forward past beyond anything and everything that could interfere with getting to the Lord and to His rewards. True faith is unstoppable. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 10 the following, For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. So you see, faith is all based on the Lord and about what he intends to do in the future. Faith is never looking back at what you have left behind for God. This is something that is very important. If we look back at our original passage in Hebrews, we see that many people left things behind in pursuit of what God had either told them to do or letting things go because they disturbed their path to the Lord somehow. The main thing that we need to let go of in pursuit of the Lord is sin. Repentance and conversion from all sin is essential in everyone that wants to follow the Lord and attain the eternal life and reward that only He can offer. Why? Because sin ultimately interferes with the things of God. Sin clouds our understanding and judgment, or at the very least, does not let us pursue the Lord with the way we need to. Does that mean that we have to be perfect? No. 
We will not be perfect while here in this life. But at that initial point of repentance and conversion, a person makes the decision to leave sin behind and to effectively hand over their lives over to the Lord for guidance and direction. That's the practical side of repentance and conversion from all sins, and not just from some of them. That's how the Holy Spirit will be able to indwell a person and be able to help them get to where they need to get to by pressing forward. And there is clearly no looking back when doing so. There is no missing what you left behind for the Lord. Sin is something that ultimately causes death. Sin does not help with anything. That's why it's bad. God isn't trying to be a killjoy or anything like that by telling us what sin is and that we should turn away from it. Whatever God says that is sin simply is a presentation of a reality that whatever is wrong is wrong because it hurts us somehow, even though we may not understand it. There are certain things that may seem obvious to us, but there are other sins that are not obvious and that are not clear to us how they harm us. But just because we don't see how something can hurt us does not mean that it won't hurt us. There is sin that is very subtle and its consequences may not be obvious at the beginning. Certain sins are like being poisoned with arsenic, for instance. Arsenic was a poison of preference to kill people throughout history. People started to use it during Roman times. Arsenic is a metalloid, and the reason for why people would use this as a poison to kill others is because when they would mix it with food or drink, arsenic is odorless, colorless, and tasteless. So the victim would be completely oblivious to what was happening. They would only realize that they were poisoned when it was too late because they would start feeling symptoms much later after they had either drank and or eaten the arsenic. Some people would use arsenic in small doses so they could get rid of someone else slowly over time so it would look like a person is just getting sick and that it has nothing to do with being poisoned. That is how certain sins are. A person cannot see the consequences of what they're doing wrong until it's too late, until their sin has caused sensible and very real consequences that are physically irreversible. But of course, the main consequence that sin can have in person's life guaranteed is that if a person has not turned away from their sins to allow Jesus to be the effective and literal Lord of their lives, they will suffer the second death, which comes after physical death. That is when a person is eternally separated from God. And a person may live their whole life thinking that everything is fine and good until the moment God's judgment occurs. At that point, sin has brought about the ultimate consequence and there is nothing that can be done there. There is no turning back. There is no do-over. There is no asking God for another chance. Once a person dies and they die without God's forgiveness of sins, but rather has allowed for sin to run their lives, they will suffer the ultimate penalty, an irreversible consequence that will condemn them forever. This is why Jesus taught us this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. The beginning of the Father's will is precisely to turn away from all sin, to leave it all behind to follow him. And this is all for our own good. When the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, it's because what you earn when you let sin run your life is in fact death. That's the reward for living a sinful lifestyle. We must leave sin behind. And it is in our own best interest to let the Spirit work in our lives so we can continue to shed what we need to shed as we employ true faith in our lives. True faith always keeps you moving forward, away from sin, 
and towards the Lord and His purposes. Faith is looking beyond the here and now. The Bible teaches us that faith is like running a race. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. When we practice faith in Christ, we understand that God and all kinds of other witnesses, either physical or spiritual, are watching us. And like we mentioned before, we are laying aside and letting go of sin so that we can run this race. And this spiritual race towards eternity is not a sprint, but rather it's a lifelong marathon. So our faith needs to produce endurance so we can run it daily and go the distance. But again, what should be the goal? What or who rather should be at the finish? Jesus. Now, why is that important? Why should Jesus be the goal? Because he is the one that is sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. He is the only way, the only truth, and the only life, the only one that can take us to the Father where eternal life and eternal reward are all reserved for those that love him. Faith involves abiding in Christ. In John chapter 15, we can see what Jesus said, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. And so it should be very clear to us that we need to abide in Christ, that our lives need to be set on Him. If what we do and how we live our life is not set on Christ, if Christ is not the reason and the source for everything in our lives, we will be cast out. We will be cut off and thrown into the fire. Without Christ running in our lives, we will be barren. We won't be able to produce any fruit, anything useful to the Lord. This life will be all for nothing and wind up eternally lost if Christ is not at the center of it, at the heart of everything in our lives. Some may say it is punishment, and yes, it is punishment, but more realistically, it is just a natural consequence of how the universe is structured. It's an irrefutable reality that cannot be altered. Christ is life. Everything outside of Christ is death. It's just that simple. And finally, True faith is about taking up your cross daily and following Jesus. Like we said before, this is not a sprint. It's a lifelong marathon. And this marathon can only be run step by step, day by day. Jesus explained it like this in Luke chapter 9 where it says, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his father's and of the holy angels. Truth in Christ 
helps us understand that we need to do away with ourselves, with our sinful nature. And that's what it means to deny ourselves. And taking up the cross means that we are continually dealing with our sin condition through the strength and guidance of the Holy Spirit. And that is a daily thing through our relationship, our communion with the Lord. Like every healthy relationship, there needs to be open and genuine communication all of the time. We need to seek the Lord daily through prayer and through His Word. True faith also helps us understand that this world and everything in it is temporary. This will all go away someday. And so we should not strive and struggle so much for the here and now, at least not as much as we should strive for the coming reality, for what happens after we die. This world and its pleasures are all going away. But what Christ has to offer remains forever. We can have immortality through Jesus Christ. When Christ confesses us before his Father, we will have open and free entrance into the kingdom of God. Otherwise, if the Son does not acknowledge us because we have not acknowledged him in our lifestyle before all men, then we will be cast out and eternally barred from the things of God. The lake of fire, which is the final destination, for all who oppose God, including death and hell, Satan and everything that belongs to him, is a place that is far away from God, completely separated from him, without any kind of access to God's promises. And of course, it is a place of torment. When God is absent from somewhere, there can be no peace. It is hard to imagine a place like that, a place without God, but it's there. Having said all of this, what is waiting for us at the goal? What does God promise us that is that much more worthwhile than anything we could ever have here and now? Revelations chapter 21 gives us a glimpse of the wonderful eternity God has reserved for those that love Him, for those that live out a true and genuine faith founded on the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. For it is written, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. These are only some of the great promises God has for those that live out of faith that is set on the eternal. Eternity makes perfect sense when you can experience it with someone and through someone that can give you all of the things that surpass this very temporary and painful world. And again, these wonderful things will last forever. Forever or eternity is a very difficult thing for us to imagine. 
Sometimes minutes to us can feel like a lifetime, but no one here and now has any kind of idea of what eternity is because we are finite physical creatures. True faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is much more worthwhile than anything or any experience or any feeling or any person for that matter that can be had in this world. The world's present state is imperfect and flawed. God's eternity, his kingdom, is perfection. The Bible says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If we want to attain everlasting life and all of the things that only God can offer, we must have the kind of faith that pleases him. And that faith involves making a fully determined decision to turn away from all of our sins and making Jesus the effective and literal Lord of our lives. And when we make Jesus the Lord of our lives, that means that we believe in the Lord to the point that we are handing our lives over to him and every aspect of that to him for the Lord to have complete control over all of us. There is a complete submission in that faith where we look to do the Father's will just like Jesus does. That's what the Lord will lead you to do through His Holy Spirit, through His Word, through the Father's will. We must always remember that doing the Father's will is the only thing that will allow you to enter into His kingdom. For the Lord said again, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. This is what true faith is, the type that pleases the Lord God Almighty, the kind of faith that can accomplish the impossible, which is the soul not only being redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, but transformed and being brought back to eternal life, being completely freed from any and all power of sin. True faith in Christ breaks our hell-bound destiny, breaks every cycle of sin, and frees us from any kind of bondage to eternity and everlasting life through Jesus Christ. It gives us a beginning with no end. Our physical bodies will go away, but our soul, our spiritual self, will abide for all eternity safely in the Lord's hands. That is what faith in the eternal is all about. I would encourage you to cling on and make personal all of the things the Lord says for us to do so that you can in fact have all of the things that He promises and can only give. If you have surrendered your life to the Lord by being born again in Him, I would encourage you to pursue Him daily. Don't give up no matter what circumstance or challenge you may be facing right now. Place your eyes on Him, continued looking to do what He tells you to do. For it is also written, For yet a little while, and He who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, blessed Lord, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you may help us to be truly mindful of what faith really is. Help us, O oh Lord, to understand that true faith is really just setting our eyes on you, understanding and knowing full well that you are the eternal one and that we need to place our lives in you and that we need to let you do the work that you want to do in us. 
Help us, O Lord, Heavenly Father, understand that we cannot do this without you. But help us to also to understand, Lord God, that it is our decision, a decision that we need to make to follow you with all of our hearts, to submit our lives before you, to understand that Jesus needs to be the Lord of our lives. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, help us, O Lord, not to be blinded by this world and by its temporary things. Help us not to be taken prisoner by its vanities and its, and its temporary pleasures, Lord God, but help us to be able to see beyond that and to see to you, to look towards you, to look to Jesus, to the author and finisher of our faith. Help us to have true and everlasting faith on him that is worthy. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.